It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now. I'm starving. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast presented, of course, by DraftKings. That's where you go to play DFS. You go to DraftKings. They are the best because... They're the best, and also because they support the show, which we really, really appreciate. Just like I really, really appreciate Joe Dolan. You need to check him out on social media, at FG underscore Dolan. Always check out FantasyPoints.com. Use the code 22FEAST. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. I feel like you probably already know that, whether it's Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, even TikTok, thanks to Jack. I'm basically a TikTok superstar now at this point, which is amazing. And you can follow us at Ross Tucker Pod, Twitter and Instagram, and then YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Not messing around this week, Joe. We got a really good Thursday night game, which is interesting because the Patriots finally, I think, figured out their passing game just in time to go against the Bills team that, doesn't have their passing game figured out? What's going on there? Yeah, I mean, Josh Allen might well be banged up, injured, whatever you want to call it. And and, and the Bills, I, I mean, the thing about Buffalo is you play Stephon Diggs every week and you have to play Josh Allen every week. And I think Devin Singletary is probably somebody who, just because of his role in the offense, maybe he's in a question here and there, but probably is in your lineup. It's the ancillary pieces for Buffalo that I think are kind of interesting. You know, Gabe Davis is the same player um, that he's been, I mean, since he's taken over this this full-time role. He can blow up. He cannot blow up. And we drafted him certainly to be better than this. Don't, don't get me wrong. But we drafted him because he's associated with this Buffalo offense. But here's the problem with somebody like Gabe Davis, maybe somebody like Dawson Knox as well. Since the Bills' week seven bye, Josh Allen is down from 67% completions to 60, 8.3 yards per attempt to 7, 17 touchdowns to 6. So he was the best fantasy quarterback, and now he's the seventh best fantasy quarterback after the bye. So I think Josh Allen's struggles are kind of dragging this offense down, whether it be through uh, injury or just a slow spell for Josh Allen. So the, the, the thing that surprised me, though, last week is – New England really struggling to slow down that Viking attack. I thought I thought the Vikings were going to have trouble with the Patriots. Not so. Kirk Cousins was doing his taxes in the pocket, um, making throws all over the field. This is going to uh, – you're 100% right, Ross. I'm excited to watch this game. We, we make fun of the Thursday night game. Ha, 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 ha. No, Buffalo struggling. New England, despite a loss last week, looking good. And Mac Jones maybe coming off of the best game of his career. 28 of 39 for 382 and two scores. Mac Jones, I know there was, I mean, a month ago, there's people chanting for Zappy. And Mac Jones has put together two really nice games in a row. They really were. They were cheering for Zappy. It's crazy. Um, what does it mean for the other skill guys for the Patriots, Joe? Yeah. So Jacoby Myers um, uh, got dinged up in that game against Minnesota. Um, uh, I want to check his official practice report, but there is one player who stands out because. Damian Harris is not going to play in this game with a thigh injury. Raheem, Mo- uh, excuse me, Raheem Mostert. Ramondre Stevenson has scored 
over 10 fantasy points as a receiver in five consecutive games. That's as a receiver. You can take away every single rush attempt from Ramondre Stevenson over the past five games, and he'd still be averaging over 10 fantasy points. That is the kind of running back I want. And now Damian Harris is out. Over the past five games, a six-week span, Ramondre Stevenson has more points as a receiver than Mike Evans. That's not, again, that is not all points. That is points as a receiver than Mike Evans. Ramondre Stevenson, an absolute league winner if Damian Harris is going to miss time. Um, He's also, I mean, I don't want to say luck for the injury with Damian Harris, but it, it is part of Ramondre Stevenson getting a full workload. He has not finished lower than the RB14 over his past six games. Ramondre, see, I, I, like, he's one of those guys I don't want to see him in question. He is in your lineup. I don't care what defense he's going against. Ramondre Stevenson, fantasy football stud. And, it's, and Ross, the week's ending team right now. That means we're thinking playoffs. Who are the fantasy football studs for the Steelers and the Falcons on Sunday at one? Um, <laughs> let's look at the Steelers um, backfield first because of the Najee Harris situation. Obviously, Najee Harris goes down. Jalen Warren missed week 12 with the hamstring injury. Mike Tomlin said it was not a serious injury, but he missed week 12. So now all of a sudden, the Steelers are down to Benny Snell and Anthony McFarland in the backfield. I really want to see the practice reports here because if Najee Harris and Jalen Warren can't play, I guess Benny Snell is kind of a flex option, but we know what he is. He's a plotter. Anthony McFarland came in and got his first touches of the season and actually looked halfway decent, but I don't know what the their role is going to be for him if they have to game plan uh, without Najee Harris, but um, Najee Harris going down with the abdominal injury, that's the practice report that I need to watch uh, for Pittsburgh. Meanwhile, um, Atlanta is an exploitable defense. Um, the, the problem is Pittsburgh doesn't score touchdowns through the air. They're starting to get George Pickens a little more involved. The problem is neither he nor Deontay Johnson reached 10 fantasy points in a PPR. Pittsburgh's offense, you know, Kenny Pickett to me continues to look a little better than his numbers. I'm not sure the scheme is helping him. He's making some rookie mistakes. I saw uh, your offensive line brethren, Mitchell Schwartz, uh, calling out essentially Troy Aikman for for blaming a sack on the Steeler offensive line when when Kenny Pickett should have known that, that he was hot and needed to get the ball out quickly. Those are rookie mistakes you expect a guy to work through. But this is not an offense right now that I'm really interested in investing in. That being said, it's Atlanta. It's an easy matchup. So if you if you if you use that as a tiebreaker for George Pickens or Deontay Johnson or even Benny Snell, I'm not gonna blame you. What about on the other side? By the way, somebody told Najee Joe to run hard. He's now he's, running hard, and then he gets it, hurt, but now they say it's not serious. Some like he got the memo to stop dancing in the backfield. And look, Ross, he weighs 240, 245 pounds. Go forward. Like, even if even if you're not explosive, you're gonna be hard to tackle. So uh, yeah, I mean that that's the irony of all ironies. You know, I'm, I've had a rough year, some rough luck with uh, – l- last year, Ross, I ran hotter than the sun with my um, with my prop bets and my fantasy. This year, the gods have uh, – they said, Dolan, it's time to pay the check. Um, I've had some awful luck with prop bets. I had prop bets going on Najee Harris uh, on Monday night. And because I know how good he started to look, 
unfortunately, it looks like he might miss this week. Um, flipping over to Atlanta, the problem here is now that they're rotating in the backfield. And Cordero Patterson's at least catching passes, but he's kind of a flex option right now. They're mixing in Tyler Algier, and Marcus Mariota continues to be terrible. Um, Drake London, no Kyle Pitts. Four targets, two catches, 29 yards. There's nobody in this passing game you can use and trust. I mean, I know Mariota because he runs, certainly has some quarterback appeal. I have not gotten him right once this year. Um, The fact of the matter is he's not a very good player, so I'll probably stay away from playing Marcus Mariota with Kyle Pitts officially out for the year. He had knee surgery today. This This is not a team that I have much interest in as I'm trying to make a playoff push. Denver. Baltimore, Denver, um, Baltimore. Uh, you know, you get on top of this, Joe. Lamar Jackson's not not playing that great. No, and you know, actually, I think Pro Football Focus had Lamar Jackson. Actually, I think it was his second highest or highest graded game of the year. Which, if that's the case, I, I haven't gone back and looked at the tape extensively. If that's the case, it just speaks to the Ravens inability to put a good team around him so from weeks one through three Lamar averaged 34.8 fantasy points per game that was the quarterback one since then from week four through week 12 he's averaged 17.4 fantasy points per game that's QB 14 literally half of the fantasy production that he had in the first three weeks of the season he has accounted for multiple touchdowns in one of his last eight games. He accounted for 12 touchdowns total in his first three games. He's accounted for eight in his last eight. It's really a, a struggle. Wait, wait, wait. It. Say that again, Joe? Lamar Jackson accounted for 12 touchdowns from, from weeks one through three, either throwing or running. He's accounted for eight since in eight games. So, yeah, that's a problem for fantasy. And I think, look, here, here's the deal. I know we all freak out each and every year. Oh, my God. The Ravens won the draft. I can't believe they got this guy. Holy crap. Ozzie Newsom does it again, even though Ozzie Newsom's not even there anymore. He does it again. They win the draft. They somehow managed to get the 10 best players in college football, four of them on day three. Oh, I can't believe it. Yeah, none of them were wide receivers. None of them. They came into this year with one NFL receiver on their roster, and he's hurt. That's part of Lamar Jackson's struggles, if not the biggest part of it. So they got to win the draft every year, Ross. I would like to see them win the draft by taking a freaking wide receiver every now and again. Um, that It was an obvious weak spot that they did not address, and now Lamar Jackson is paying the price for it. He has struggled big time for fantasy of late. Your boy Latavius Murray had a decent day, right? Yeah, he looked pretty good. The problem is... 52 of his 92 rushing yards came on one run. He had 40 yards on his other 12 carries. Now, those 52 yards count. It's just that sometimes you look at that and you're, you're wondering, is that a sustainable kind of kind of usage for him? Look, it was an 82% snap share for Latavius Murray, his highest since 2019. And with Russell Wilson, speaking, uh, Lamar Jackson looks like his MVP self compared to what Lamar uh, Russell Wilson looks like right now. He's been one of the worst investments in the history of professional sports. Murray was really the only thing working for the Broncos' broken offense. Um, the, the issue I have with Murray, again, he's coming off a snap share that he hasn't played in four seasons, essentially. 
do they work in Mike Boone this week? Uh, coming off a high ankle sprain, Marlon Max, not not it. Um, Mike Boone potentially working into this offense. Um, if you're trusting somebody here on offense, yeah, Latavius Murray's an RB two kind of guy. Cortland Sutton, um, the Ravens move their best corner, Marlon Humphrey, into the slot. So we'll see if Jerry Judy plays this week. That would be the matchup with Jerry Judy. Um, over the last five weeks, Marcus Peters, who's the Ravens' top perimeter corner, has given up .49 fantasy points per coverage snap. So essentially, for every two coverage snaps he plays, he's allowing a full fantasy point. Um, second most among qualifying corners. So I think it's an exploitable matchup for Cortland Sutton. The question is, can Russell Wilson take advantage? Yeah, um, probably not. But everybody listening, Joe, literally everybody can take advantage of this unbelievable deal from Tommy John Underwear. Big fan of their breathable, lightweight fabric with four times the stretch of the competing brands. I love the no wedgie guarantee. I get the middle inseam, not like the super short, not the long. I get the middle sized because I don't want it coming out of the bottom of my shorts, but I also don't want it riding up. It's awesome. Big, big fan of the Tommy John stuff. I get their boxer briefs. Go to tommyjohn.com slash feast right now for 20% off your first order. Remember, they have their Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear. Or it's free guarantee. 20% off at tommyjohn.com slash feast. tommyjohn.com slash feast. See the site for details. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Joe, talk to me about the Packers and the Bears Looks like it'll be Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and at some point you think they're probably going to go uh, to Jordan Love with their with their playoff hopes extinguished here. But Aaron Rodgers owns the Bears. He wants to play against the Bears, and the Bears have some injury problems um, in the secondary. You know, Kendall Vildor and Kyler Gordon uh, they've all they've de- dealt with um, injuries. Jalen Johnson at certain points this year have dealt with injuries at corner. Now Eddie Jackson, their versatile safety, is out for the season. Matt Eberflus just announced that. Um, that was expected. So I would think this is a good week for Christian Watson to continue running hot. And, you know, he is running hot, okay? He scored an overwhelming number of his touchdowns. Ross, DJ Moore is a Pro Bowl receiver, and this was just the first guy to come to mind, so I'm not picking on DJ Moore. Christian Watson has more has two more touchdowns, two more receiving touchdowns in his last two weeks 14 calendar days than DJ Moore has in any season of his entire NFL career. It's unbelievable. Six touchdowns for Christian Watson. Good week for him to continue running hot. Another example of Dolan's prop bets, just like absolutely burning him. AJ Dillon's done nothing all season. I'm like, ah, the Eagles, you know, and Domicong soon. Winball Joseph played well. The Packers are going to pound Aaron Jones. AJ Dillon gains 20 yards on his first carry. And I'm like, nope, that under's over. Um, I'm still not trusting uh, uh, A.J. Dillon here in this matchup against Chicago. Um, 
Alan Lazard's been a disappointment. Just two catches for 24 yards last week against the Eagles. Again, a tough matchup. But um, the, if you're playing a receiver here, you're playing uh, Christian Watson. Lazard is is viable. Uh, Rodgers, we'll see what happens with him, but it does look like he's going to play. I don't think he wants um, the Packers to get a look at Jordan Love against a bad defense. Uh, I would guess that's part of his motivation. And Aaron Jones continues to be a big-time option. I don't think I've seen a guy as talented as a receiver as Aaron Jones is in a while at that running back position. Like, he's right up there with Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara in that regard. That that touchdown that he scored was really impressive coming back to the ball for, for Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Jones, he's kind of the rose that grew from concrete here, the guy who gets it done every week despite this team's overall struggles. Do we know what the update is on the Bears and Justin Fields? Yeah, um, <clears throat> Matt Eberflus literally announced it just like two minutes ago. Justin Fields will be limited today. Trevor Simeon will not practice with the oblique injury. So Simeon really toughed it out last week. So good for uh, good for Trevor Simeon for, for toughing it out, but the Bears obviously lost. Um, David Montgomery, he's kind of the only guy, really. Unless Justin Fields plays, he's kind of the only guy you can trust. Remember, Darnell Mooney is out for the season. Cole Komet led them in targets with six, but caught just three kept passes for 27 yards. I'm okay if you want to use Komet. The tight end position is a mess. But obviously, I think it's I think it's Montgomery, and then we have to wait on the status of Justin Fields. We don't know just yet. I mean, you do have to think there is a legitimate chance. I don't think this is likely, but you have to think there's a legitimate chance that Justin Fields doesn't play again this season. Again, it might not be a super serious injury, but the Bears are 3-9. and nine. They know they're not making the playoffs. They finally got, over the last month plus, some positive play from Justin Fields. The last thing you want to do is have him going into an offseason where potentially he worsens that injury and needs surgery. Let's talk Jaguars and Lions, Joe. And in recent weeks, I know it was only a month ago where you had some major concerns about Trevor Lawrence. I think maybe he had his breakout game, Joe. I think he did. I think he played extremely well against a pretty tough defense I mean that that final drive he was cool he was calm he was collected he was making big time throws and you know I I think the one thing that people might remember from the podcast is I kind of compared him to like a supercharged Jared Goff Goff with a little bit more mobility which is not nothing by the way because Jared Goff is a is, is a player you give him time to throw the football, he will pick you apart. And I think Trevor Lawrence has that kind of ability, as we saw. <clears throat> he can also move around a little bit easier, though. Um, he didn't use his legs a whole lot against Baltimore. He had just two carries for one yard. But it is part of his game that he can use, and he was very accurate. I think the trust that Doug Peterson showed in him was phenomenal. I think that is going to be a big step. And you remember that Doug Peterson coached Carson Wentz off, off of – what I would probably consider Wentz having a somewhat promising but up-and-down rookie season in 2016, coaching him towards being an MVP candidate in 2017, getting him to break some of his bad tendencies, which, of course, we know returned to Wentz, and that's where Wentz is now. But I think Trevor Lawrence, this was a sign of what he can be, what he might become at, at the NFL level, and this is not a hard matchup for Trevor Lawrence. He is firmly on the streaming radar in this matchup against the uh, the Detroit Lions. I mean, he's been somebody who's been getting it done for fantasy. Meanwhile, Zay Jones 
coming off a career high, 11 catches, 145 yards. Christian Kirk did have a tough matchup in that game, though, against Marlon Humphrey. As I mentioned earlier, Baltimore moved Marlon Humphrey inside. I don't think this matchup even approaches that level of difficulty for Christian Kirk. But the thing we're obviously keeping an eye on for Jacksonville, what is the status of Travis Etienne? Oh, you know, it's a foot injury after two carries. Oh, oh, you know, they uh, he's all right. He, he was cleared to return to the game, but then Doug Peterson dropped that. Yeah, it was the same. Uh, it was the same foot that uh, hurt him. Uh, last year cost them the entire season I wouldn't be shocked if the Jaguars choose to shut Travis Etienne down this week even though they're saying that he's going to play I would expect them to play at this point but I wouldn't be shocked if they shut him down Jermichael Hasty would be the guy to pick up but keep in mind they claimed Daryl Henderson off of waivers last week so he would be there as a potential backup Lions so the Lions are getting a little bit healthier across the board the problem is this DeAndre Swift rotation It's not going away. And he's getting targets, okay? Eight targets is really good for a running back. That puts his expected fantasy points at a high level. But he's playing fewer snaps than Jamal Williams, and he's playing fewer snaps than Justin Jackson. And quite frankly, Justin Jackson's playing pretty well. So are they going to take DeAndre Swift off the field? At this point, if you play DeAndre Swift, you have to hope he catches a bunch of targets or he scores a touchdown. And he's been kind of doing that. He's been kind of keeping just enough value to, to consider him for lineups, but it's clear that they don't want him playing a, anywhere close to a full-time role or anywhere close to a halftime role at this stage. Amon Ross St. Brown's a superstar. I mean, he's essentially, he's a, he, he might he's the closest thing to Cooper Cup that we have in the league right now with Cooper Cup injured. Jared Goff's going to keep looking for Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, and we'll see if, can Jamison Williams make it back onto the field for this club? And I'm, I, I'm, not optimistic that he's going to be a fantasy option, Jamison Williams. But but Ross, I, I think it's going to be somebody who's going to be very inter- interesting to get a look at uh, in the event that he does return. Um, he's obviously more of a keeper type of guy than a, uh, reg- than a redraft type of guy. I would be surprised if he's a fantasy asset down the stretch, but I'm excited to see Jamison Williams back on the field if indeed it's this week. Well, speaking of back on the field, Joe, you got Deshaun Watson and the Cleveland Browns in Houston. Obviously, Houston's a mess, but we got a lot of questions as it relates to Deshaun Watson. I don't know if anybody has him on their fantasy team, but what about the other guys around him? Oh, they do. I mean, Deshaun Watson is rostered in over 60% of Yahoo leagues right now. I mean, people are looking, people are seeing that Jacoby Brissett played well. Heck, Jacoby Brissett was putting up decent fantasy numbers. You know, I've been riding him in a super flex league, and he's really helped me out, uh, has Jacoby Brissett. Credit to him for just handling everything like an absolute professional, playing way better than I thought he would. Here is the thing about Deshaun Watson. All right. It's easy to make the aggressive case for him. Like, the last time we saw him, I mean, he was he was the top fantasy quarterback. Like, like literally, he was like the quarterback one for fantasy. He threw for, I think, 300 yards and a couple of touchdowns in his last game with the Texans. Here's the problem. He hasn't played a game in over two years. He hasn't worked in live reps, really, with this team ever. He got like a handful of snaps in the preseason. I mean, they're starting him. I think it's probably pretty easy to say Deshaun Watson's going to come out here and play pretty well because they have a good receiver group. They've morphed into a heavy three-wide receiver set. Um, For those of you in Dynasty Leagues, 
this is not a name I've mentioned on this podcast probably since the offseason, but David Bell is starting to play more snaps out of the slot. Um, Amari Cooper is putting up numbers. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones has had a couple of moments. Um, David Bell ran a route on 60% of their dropbacks over the last three weeks. Oh, and by the way, David Njoku, if you held on to him, he's looking like he could be back to being a league winner at tight end after he was back to running a pretty much full route share. But the question just becomes, and there's no way to answer this until we see him out there, what is Deshaun Watson going to look like? But Ross, I mean, we're playing fantasy football, okay? If you do not want to pick up Deshaun Watson and play him on your team, that is your prerogative. I'm not going to hold that against you. You like it. But the NFL doesn't care, so why should you? Um, and I I'm, I really don't know what he's going to look like in this game. Now, Houston's corners, by the way, have actually been playing pretty well. Um, their pass rush is underrated. Um, the defense has not really been the problem for the Houston Texans. Not that I think it's a good defense, but their, their defense has not been the problem. It's the offense that's been the problem for Houston. And, and ultimately, I think the most likely outcome in this game, yeah, are they going to want Deshaun to sling it around? Of course. But I think the most likely outcome is that Houston just hands the ball off to Nick Chubb 25 times and he goes nuts on, or uh, Cleveland hands it off to Nick Chubb 25 times and he goes nuts on this bad run defense. What about Houston? (laughs) Is there anybody? Look, they benching Davis Mills for Kyle Allen is a whole lot different to me than benching Zach Wilson for Mike White. The Jets are a playoff team. The Texans benched Davis Mills and got maybe the same level of play. You, I think I would argue before before Miami called the dogs off in that game that they got worse level of play from Kyle Allen than they got from Davis Mills. It's a broken offense. I really uh, – Nico Collins got nine targets, if, if, if you're interested in that. Yay. Um, Cleveland's secondary has been exploitable this year. Damian Pierce has 20 touches for 33 yards the last two weeks, and I really don't think it's much of his fault. Uh, let's look Let's look at the ground, because something's got to give here. Over the last two weeks, Pierce has been stifled. I just mentioned it. But from a rushing perspective, 16 yards on 15 carries. And a large part of those struggles are on the offensive line. The Texans are opening over the last two weeks – yards before contact per attempt, which is less than a third of the league average and basically a third of what they were in the metric before week 11. But meanwhile, Cleveland's 3.02 yards before contact allowed over the last five weeks on the ground is nearly a full yard above the 31st ranked team, coincidentally the Texans, in that metric. This is all per fantasy points data. The Browns are seeding massive holes on the ground. If Damian Pierce does not get it done this week, it's time to shut him down for the season for fantasy because this is a glorious matchup. Uh, And by the way, the Browns have struggled against rookie running backs of late. They allowed Rashad White to go over 100 yards from scrimmage last week. They allowed James Cook to average 7.8 yards per carry on 11 carries in week 10. So even inexperienced running backs are running all over the Cleveland Browns. Really looking forward to the Jets and the Vikings just like I always look forward to a Labatt blue light. There is no better way to watch any game, but especially seven and four against nine and two than with the pristine Canadian goodness of a cold Labatt blue light in your hand. Stock up and be the MVP of your tailgate. Share a Labatt on game day with your crew. Always enjoy responsibly beer. Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What about the Jets with Mike White? You were just talking about him, Joe. I mean, sometimes it's easy. The Jets have talented receivers. The Jets receivers were getting open. Zach Wilson was not hitting them. He was not seeing them. When he did see them, he threw it over their heads. I mean, Mike White's just out there. Booze, booze, booze. All right. I'm not going to try to do anything spectacular. Oh, there's Garrett Wilson. He's wide-ass open. Boom, throwing the ball. Oh, Elijah Moore, even though he's still just a part-time player. There he goes, streaking across the middle of the field. Boom, touchdown. I mean, it's easy. It's not a hard game. Yes, it is. But not when you have wide-ass open receivers all the time. Mike White, I mean, this, this Jets team with Mike White is dangerous. You know, I almost liken it to... Case Keenum with Minnesota back in the year they went to the NFC Championship game, uh, the Minneapolis Miracle year. Well, all right, Case Keenum, he's out there. He's a guy who comes from, who came from Houston, not a small school, but ran a spread offense in college like Mike White did at Western Kentucky. All right, this scheme gets receivers wide open. What's my job as the quarterback? Throw him the ball. That's what Mike White did. And then I think it's kind of similar to that. Case Keenum was throwing to Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen, and Kyle Rudolph. Buzz, buzz, throwing ball. Mike White is doing the exact same thing. And sometimes I think that's that's why I like these backup quarterbacks like a White or a Keenum or like a Gardner Minshew, somebody who's just not a super talented guy, but at least comes from an offense where they know to get the ball out quick and throw to an open receiver, which Zach Wilson evidently has never done before in his life. So good for Mike White to come in here and stabilize this offense because it has a lot of talent. Right now, it is still hard, though, for me to advocate playing any receiver outside of Garrett Wilson. Mike White had 28 pass attempts in that game. Garrett Wilson had eight targets. Nobody had more else had more than three. He knew where his, his bread was being buttered, and it was by Garrett Wilson. I am playing Garrett Wilson in this matchup with Mike White at quarterback. I'll tell you that. But... Um, he knows, he just gets it to his open man. That's been the guy who's been the most off, uh, open. Elijah Moore is not playing a full-time snap share. I know it was exciting to see him finally make a play, but he's, he ran around on less than half of White's dropbacks. So unfortunately, I don't think you can trust Elijah, Elijah Moore at this point. So um, unfortunately, I still think he's maybe a bench stash. Um, but look, Mike White's come in here and stabilized the offense. The other question for the Jets, of course is what's going on in the backfield. Michael Carter, another guy I had a prop bet on this weekend, Ross. Woo! I got I got to the I got to the window right as they announced that James Robinson was inactive. All right. Oh man, 42 and a half yards for Michael Carter. Boom, ankle injury. Ugh. And then Bam Knight, Zonovan Knight. Ross, did you ever call any of his games? Where did he play? North Carolina State. No, I did not. Okay, well, he's a physical runner, downhill runner, and apparently they like him more than they like James Robinson right now. So that's a name to watch in the event that Michael Carter can't play this week against the Minnesota Vikings. What about the Minnesota Vikings? Uh, The Vikings, Ross, uh, first and foremost, um, 
my my producers on SiriusXM troll me every week because they they find these atrocious like fan songs about the Vikings. It's like the Minnesota Vikings, skull, 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 stuff like that. Minneapolis is one of the great music cities on our planet. Really, it is. Like, yeah, yeah, everybody knows Prince, but the replacements, Husker Du, Soul Asylum, The Hold Steady, all these bands are Minneapolis, and they're playing these awful songs. Anyway, I had to rant against that. Burns, I'm coming for you. Um, Minnesota's the same team every week. They've just added one extra weapon to the fold in TJ Hawkinson. So here's what happens. Kirk Cousins throws 37 passes and three touchdowns against New England, a really good defense, by the way. Of those 37 pass attempts, 27 of them went in the direction of Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, or TJ Hawkinson. All three of his touchdowns went to Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, and TJ Hawkinson, each of them scoring one. Dalvin Cook could not get it going on the ground, but he had 22 carries um, and four catches. You know what to do with Minnesota. Those guys are starts across the board. Uh, A tough matchup, though. Though Kirky came through in a really tough matchup against New England last week. Certainly did. Commanders at the Giants. A couple of seven-win teams. You know, um, first and foremost, let's give Taylor Heineke some credit. Like, they're winning games with Taylor Heineke. But it's kind of getting, like, a little annoying to me, like, how much credit he's getting. He's thrown for more than 200 yards just once in his last four games. He went without a touchdown pass in two of his last four games. And, like, the announcers are, are gassing him up. Like, oh, my God, Heineke! Like, like it's a like it's a toddler who peed on the potty for the first time. Like, look at him! Good boy! I, I think the team's playing for him, but we know where Washington is, is succeeding right now. The run game and defense, and they might get Chase Young back this week. Hello. Now, good news for the Giants, because three starting offensive linemen could also be back for them this week. The center Feliciano, the guard Bredesen, and the right tackle, the rookie right tackle, Evan Neal, could all be back this week, and they will need them all against this Washington front. But Washington finally got, and, and you know, Brian Robinson had been inefficient for the first, like, I don't know, eight games of his NFL career. Yeah, you know, Ross, I'll... You know, I'll cut him a little bit of slack. He got shot this offseason and came back in a month. And then Brian Robinson looked awesome against Atlanta, running a defender over on his touchdown reception, 125 yards from scrimmage and a score. And by the way, Antonio Gibson was able to contribute for fantasy as well, uh, even on a lesser value because Robinson was running hot because he caught three passes as well. So this is a two-man backfield with a passing game that they really don't want to have to trust. And because of their defense and because of their run game, they haven't had to trust it. And when they've needed a play, Heineke has kind of gone out and made them. We know he'll throw the occasional interception, but the guys play hard for him. Um, Unfortunately, it does limit the ceiling of a guy like Terry McLaurin, who's really the only receiver you can consider here uh, for Washington. On the Giants side? Yeah, it's a tough matchup for Saquon Barkley, and things have kind of dried up for him, unfortunately. Um, And... For, I, I hope the offensive line coming back is going to help out uh, Saquon Barkley and the New York Giants run game because we know their pass game is just not very good right now. Um, Darius Slayton, I think he's a guy that is a very strong wide receiver three. I think you could consider Richie James now. He had six targets uh, with Wandale Robinson on IR with the ACL injury. But other than that, I mean, this has been a really rough go of it. Daniel Jones somehow 
completed 21 passes against Dallas on on Thursday, which I think is credit to Daniel Jones because, man, that matchup's tough, and he didn't have any receivers out there. The problem is nine different receivers caught his 21 passes, and that's hard to get fantasy production out of. If you've got Saquon, you got to suck it up, and you got to keep playing him. What about the Titans and the Eagles, Joe? I mean, mean, Jalen Hurts out here winning leagues for people again like last year. Ross, I want to ask you as a – as a um, as a former NFL player who played, I think in an era when pocket passing was more prolific than it is now, and should are this, I, I think we were probably rehashing it from when Lamar Jackson won the MVP. But should it matter if Jalen Hurts is putting touchdowns up on the ground or through the air? Like, I, no, it's kind of like they're. Is this like the most nitpick 10 and one quarterback of all time? Like, it's kind of amazing. He's turned the ball over five times this year. Five. Like, he's taking care of the football. When he does throw it, they're making big plays through the air. And then he's taking off and running, and he typically avoids big hits. It's kind of strange to me, Ross, how much he's being nitpicked. But I think Jalen Hurts has progressed. We knew he was a great runner. But I think he's progressed as a passer. That touchdown throw he made to Quez Watkins, the 30-yarder, uh, against Green Bay was spectacular. I mean, if if Josh Allen makes that throw, if Patrick Mahomes makes that throw, that perfectly placed back shoulder throw down the right sideline, you're seeing that highlight everywhere. I don't know. I think Jalen Hurts is is. I mean, look, he won the NFC's Offensive Player of the Week, but everybody's like, hey, oh my god, oh, what if he has to step back and throw? They're ten and one. He's thrown enough, and he's done a great job of it. Now. This is a very tough matchup for the the Philadelphia offense. And I think this is going to be a fascinating game to watch from both sides of the field. So the Eagles just ran for 363 yards. It was the most of any team this year by a whopping 49 yards. You would not be surprised to know that the Titans are second on that list. Just the second team in the last 15 years to have a game with 360 or more rushing yards. The Ravens ran for 404 uh, in the 2020 season finale against the Bengals. Now, the Titans, though, have allowed on non-quarterback rush attempts. That's the key. On non-quarterback rush attempts, the Titans have allowed the fewest yards before contact per attempt over the last five weeks. That's bad news for Miles Sanders. But, again, that is for non-quarterback rush attempts. Jalen Hurts is not the typical quarterback, and he affects the run game in more ways than one. But it is worth noting that in a similar matchup with the Colts two weeks ago, Hertz ran for 86 yards and a touchdown, while Sanders and the other Eagle running backs combined for just 55 yards on 17 carries. So I think if the Eagles are going to run the ball in this game, I think it's on Hertz because the Titans' run defense has been spectacular. And then, of course, A.J. Brown's going up against Christian Fulton. Not a shadow situation. Christian Fulton's one of the most underrated corners in the NFL. A.J. Brown, though, I would cut him some slack for the fumble that he had in this past week's game against Tennessee, uh, against uh, Green Bay. Did you see him after the game, Ross? No. A.J. Brown? He popped a blood vessel in his eye from vomiting so much last week. He had a stomach virus. Literally his entire eye is bloodshot. He lost seven pounds. He'll be in better condition this week in his revenge game against the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I mean, he's going to be up for that one. There's no question. What about the Titans on the other side? Well, we know what teams are going to do to try to beat the Eagles. They're going to try to run the ball. The Titans have Derrick Henry. They're going to give Derrick Henry the ball quite a bit. Um, 
there's no real analysis to be had there. The, 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 the one I'm interested by is Traylon Burks. We know Traylon Burks is coming on here. We know the Eagles have potentially the NFL's best corner duo in Darius Slay and James Bradbury. We also know the Eagles are on their backup slot cornerback, Josiah Scott, who's played pretty well, but he's not Avante Maddox. Over since uh, since uh, Traylon Burks returned to the lineup in week 10, his 2.73 yards per route run is eighth most among qualified wide receivers. So he's making big plays. He's run 20% of his routes from the slot the last three weeks. And he averages 3.67 yards per route run from the slot versus 2.5 outside. Both of those are bangerang numbers. They're awesome numbers. But the slot one is really intriguing to me because I wonder if they'll move him into the slot to try to create more big plays uh, against Josiah Scott than they'll get against Bradbury and Slay. Of course, also Chauncey Gardner-Johnson is likely to miss this game for Philadelphia with the kidney injury. Ow. Um, so I'm interested to see what they do with Traylon Burks in this matchup. I think they're going to move him inside more than they play him outside, or at least move him inside more than he's run the last three weeks. You've been playing well. I'm looking forward to it. I'm also looking forward to episode two of the show. That's so nice. We do it twice. He's at FG underscore Dolan. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We got some juicy games, Niners, Dolphins, Chiefs, Bengals. Let's do this episode two. I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.